Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. Episode 22. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us Always chat a pleasure. Shit. Sometimes a chore, but we're here. And we we know. are here. Are we today? Good, mate. Good. This is going to be our potentially um, penultimate episode before the new year, <laughs> before 2023. This Did you recently learn that word? Penultimate? No! Yeah. We, do I ever need to use this word? How often do I say penultimate? Penultimate is the second to last one this morning. You were reading again, were you? I did get a haircut, by the way. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Thanks, mate. No, who, yeah, it was... Did, who cut that? Isaac, if he listens to this, yeah. he'll come after you. Because yeah. he cuts your hair as well. Mm. Feel free to say whatever you want to the camera. He obviously just didn't take his time. Oh, <laughs> he'll get all the brothers on you, bro. Joking, Isaac. Joking. Joking. You're a very good hairdresser. Um, I was... So I went out last night. And I was Sounds out... Riveting. I was out for drinks. And I thought, I'll go for a couple of drinks. Obviously, you know, you get that Friday feeling. And all through the week, I'm always like, oh, you know what? I really can't be bothered. And then I get to Friday, I'm like, oh, let's just go for like a nice meal of a few drinks. Straight on the margaritas. Six of margaritas down. Someone asked for Fireball. The Fireballs come out. Anyway, it got to like nine, half nine. And I'm in one of the bars, bar 34, with all of my mates. And, uh, so they're like, to bar 34. and they're like, oh, do you want to have a few more drinks? I'm like, no, I've got to go home. They're like, what, mate? Just stay for more drinks. I'm like, nah, I got, I got to go home. I got to record a podcast tomorrow. They're like, nah, come on. I'm like, I, I, I don't need Dwayne coming after me tomorrow. Hungover. I'm, I'm like, I don't. I just don't need. I, I don't like want that. it. I don't need it. I like that. I'm like, you don't know what it's like. And it's not even the <laughs> anger. It's the disappointment it's that hurts disappointment. them. I just don't need some angry Jamaican <laughs> lad popping off at me at ten in the morning. I don't. So I was like, nah. You've come a long way. I was like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And then I got back home, and my housemate's like, let's go back out. And I'm like. Nah, I'm not doing it. I can't. I can't. It was like, the thought of it was just gave me anxiety. I'm like, I'd rather go home. Have a good night's sleep. I was a little bit tired, but I had like, you know, nine hours sleep, eight hours sleep. And uh, I mean, you're always tired. I am always tired, mm. but you know, I didn't want to be hungover and tired. Yeah. So not I a good like, combination. So yeah, so I cut off the booze at like 10, just so I'd be prepared and ready to go. I'm impressed. Thanks, mate. Because <laughs> normally you just send it. I know, I was really tempted to, and if I didn't, it had to wake up in the morning, or someone to get a trim as well, then I wouldn't have uh, Oh, yeah, done it. you got a trim, nice. I got a trim, yeah, 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 yeah thanks, nice. Alex. I yep. knew you'd notice. Yeah, I yeah, I mentioned noticed. it before, so nah, I thought I'd... Uh, I knew you'd notice, I thought, yeah. I'd, I thought I'd just give you your props. I wanted to come and, you know, look, look a bit fresh for yeah. this episode, seeing as the penultimate one before New Year, I thought I'd give it a good crack, you know? That's a new word as well. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. new word, I learned yeah. it this morning. Yeah, you, have, you haven't said it to me today, yeah, that's the fifth time you've said it. I got an interesting You said email. it like three times off camera as well. Just Mate, you're being hyperbolic, and I don't appreciate it you're being facetiously <laughs> hyperbolic okay you're being facetiously hyperbolic and if you just wouldn't that'll be appreciated so the thing with dan is you know dan's learned a new word whenever you you speak to him on the phone or in person and you just start using it like constantly over like a four or five day period i'm just like you've definitely read that somewhere and now james smith pt definitely said that in his last video he's gonna listen to this mate he unfollowed this. me on Instagram. He followed me, came to one of our house parties, and then unfollowed me. I'm um, I'm over it. Shout out to James PT. Oh, <laughs> can, you, can you can you please follow this man back? Come on, give he's us a follow. Been, he's been not been doing well since then. And also Abby Chatfield, please please follow this man as well. Reply to one of my DMs at any point. There's like 50 of them. Like um, genuinely, please respond to one yeah. of them. It would make his year, and the oh. year's almost over. I got um, an interesting email this morning. So they okay. probably they probably send this email out to loads of different people. I might be on the mailing <laughs> list. I don't know why I'm on the mailing list for this. It's for blow up dolls. No, it's not really. <laughs> it's uh, no, that goes through his mother email. Address. 
It's for I got asked to come on for an audition because I applied yeah. just for the bands for the Bachelorette. Right? I was talking to ah! so I was talking to I my housemate. About this. Yeah, do you remember I was talking to my housemates yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh fuck it, let's give it a go. It could be fun. So I applied for it, got halfway through, and then they called me. They're like, hey, um, we had a look at your profile. Man, you look like the dog's bollocks. We'd love to have you on. You'd make our day. Uh, we saw the podcast page as well. You guys are absolutely killing it. Oh, you just shut Come on. No, but he did call me, and he was like, look, we had a look at the, your Instagram page. Can you complete the application? Come in for an audition next week. I had loads of stuff going on with work, and I was like, I can't. Because if I do go through to the next stage, I had stuff that going through with work, and I was like, I can't. If that did happen, I'd feel bad giving up what I'm doing at the moment because for a couple of like months on a show. So I didn't do it. I didn't go any further. <clears throat> you have to think long term with those things though. I know, but I was like where I was in my work, I, I like you like the cusp of No, but where I was in my work, the, I was at the peak of like progressing into something that I needed to spend my time doing to be promoted into this role, which is gonna be better for my career. Mm. And um that's my <clears throat> It'd be better for my career. So I turned it down. Anyway. And then I got an email today <clears throat> saying if I want to be the barman for first dates. <laughs> How fucking sick would that be? That's, Not like- just a, that's, a, that's a, a, an automated email. I to loads of people. Right, okay. So, yeah. so I'm saying, okay. It's, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's, yeah. a, it's an automated email because it said hi and then the wrong name. <laughs> I was like, my name's not Janet. <laughs> anyway, how sick would that be? Mate, I think I'd actually do really well at that job, like being the barman. You know, they turn up. Have you seen first dates? I've like probably watched like one episode. Yeah, so they basically rock up. The lads usually there, he's waiting for the bird to come and then they mm. sit down and do like a whole meal thing. <clears throat> anyway, so I'm like, I would actually, I think I'd be really good at that. So be behind the bar. All well, right, I've mate. never worked behind a bar before. No, no, but it said on the thing, you don't need any bar experience. You just need to be able to just talk and chat shit and ah, you okay. just be confident. And I was like, this would be quite fun. He says like, you need to be able to pour a pint and it's like, you know, it's not that hard. Anyway, so I'm like, you know, imagine being behind the bar and the guy comes in, all right, mate, a bit nervous. Pop the bluey, have you? Fucking, you a bit nervous with your day. I think it'd be fucking, I think it'd be really good at that. Do you know what I mean? Give him like the, uh, calm his nerves have a bit of a chin wag I think it could be good I actually thought I was like that could be I'd love to do that that would be like the perfect role the barman for first date just chat shit with them you nervous for your first date mate oh, what's she gonna look like have you been catfished oh you never know do you know what I mean no yeah decent so that's what I thought I was gonna nice candle <laughs> did you uh, did you apply did you respond to the email I did, but it said blocked. <laughs> no, I didn't respond. Um, but I might actually do it just for the band. I might do it. But how I, long will you have to take off work, though? I think it's like eight weeks. Eight weeks solid? I think so. I think so, you, so you take off eight weeks to be a barman, but then you wouldn't take off eight weeks to like be in The Bachelorette? Because I don't want to be on The Bachelorette. One sec. Let me have a look at... Because I'd rather be like The Bachelor, but I turn that down because that's just not for me. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't yeah. really match my style. You definitely suit the demographic that they're looking Thanks, for. Thanks, man. The, I appreciate that. No, I can't find it. Um, let oh, me. funny that. I'll find it here. First day. Oh, here we go. So we are looking for a bar person. Fucking Alexa. We're looking for our first bar person. We're looking for an extroverted, confident, 25 and up year old who loves to have a chat. No previous bar experience necessary. Uh, it's Sydney based, have full time ability for an audition on the 29th. It's a paid opportunity. Uh, the deadline is by the 28th of this month. Uh, okay, so it doesn't actually say how long, but I'm guessing it will be over like somewhere from like. So you just confidently guess. Well, I'm again. guessing it'll be like over six. Like, the, yeah, the, you'll have to be there the whole program. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're on all the dates. So I assume it'll be like a whole process. But yeah. I might apply for it. It could be fun. Imagine seeing me on TV. Shout out subject to change. Oi, oi. 
Are you the barman from uh, First Dates? Are you the guy on Mr. Combank's podcast? <laughs> yeah. So thank you for coming to my podcast uh, for you know the 20th, twenty second time. I appreciate that. One of our mates said that last <laughs> night. She's like, you're just like an last ongo- night. This is Tyra that. said this. She's like, you're just an ongoing guest on Dwayne's podcast, aren't you? <laughs> She's like, you're a consistent guest on his podcast. And I was like, and you can fuck off. <laughs> the fans love you, mate. That's just what I can't. I wouldn't have it any other way. <sighs> I just thought one day the, the logo is going to change. It's just your face. And I'll be like, <laughs> great, awesome. Oh god. Well, hello everyone. We are today going to be talking some shit. Some shit. Boy. Some good shit. Some good shit. Um, but as always, please like, follow, comment on all our social media platforms. Get us on the old TikTok. We're trying to Ooh. catch up with the old Gen Zs. We've been a uh, couple of decent videos up there hitting 30,000 views. Can't really complain. So um, yeah, keep that going. But today. Today. If you've been on either mine or Dan's Instagram or the subject to change Instagram, which I'm sure you have, which obviously you have because you you haven't your notifications switched on, we are going to be talking about what are the key things that we learned and what some of you learned about yourselves or the other person when you were in a relationship or a quote unquote situationship. Situationship. So situationship is kind of. For anyone that doesn't know, is just a point within a time when you're with someone where it's not a fully pledged relationship, but there is somewhat of a emotional and physical connection or commitment to each other without without the the quote unquote label of a girlfriend or boyfriend, which I'm sure many of us have been in one. Mm-hmm. Have you, Daniel? I have indeed. He has. He's been in quite a few. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and he's also been in two long-term relationships, which will be great to... Which I've never spoke about before. No, yeah, he never. he's not really like enjoying to open up about it, but uh. I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad he's here to do that today. Which yeah. is actually a good thing that you have been in two like, four-year relationships because I haven't. So I think... I thought you was leaving that there. <laughs> it's good that you have, because I haven't. No, because I guess like the... <clears throat> The experiences are going to be different yeah. in terms of probably what you learned from yours and what I've learned from mine because four years is a long time and you get to know you get to know someone a lot better over four years, obviously, than you would over, I guess, a year. Yeah. I guess I was ch- um, saying this to someone the other day. I find the reason why a lot of relationships – well, one of the reasons why a lot of relationships nowadays break down is because we're in a day and age now where – people put on a facade whenever they first meet you and within the first year of being with someone it's so easy to like pretend to be something that you're not mm-hmm. pretend to like hide those little flaws that you know people probably won't like about you polished version yeah you yeah. You, pol- you polish especially within the first i'd say six months you're you're going to be the best version of yourself whenever you meet someone because it's the wound stage you're chasing and then the more comfortable you get with someone the more you start to let down your guard and the more you mm. You, which is a good thing because when you get comfortable, you want to be able to let on your guard. But sometimes people let down the guard and forget, oh my goodness, I forgot about this part of myself that I don't like. And now I they've seen I'm it. an absolute fucking psycho. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, not to that level, but you know what I mean? Well, I feel like you can't think about getting serious with someone. I think you can't do that until you're at least like 12 weeks. 12, 12 or 16 yeah, weeks in. Three like, yeah, three months. Yeah, three, three and a half months. Because like, you really have no idea what that person's like. Even at three months, you don't know. Yeah, it, it depends. Is that, it, look, if you're at three months, you're going on like two dates a week. 
what's that? What's what's quick maths on that? Two, four, six, eight. That's like eight dates. No, two, four, six dates over. What three. do we? What? No, fuck. Sorry, twice a week. So two dates a week long? over three months. How many dates is that? That's twelve weeks. So that's yeah. twenty-four dates. Twenty-four dates. Yeah, it's a fair amount of dates to be honest. Mm. Twenty-four dates. If you're seeing someone twice a week. I think over three to three and a half months, you can kind of assess like mm. where you're going to be. But like any sooner than that, I just feel like, I don't know, like you don't know that person. But then also, again, it goes back to like, even in those three months, there's still, you're still going to be relatively new. Just because you're going on that many dates doesn't mean like the amount you know about that person is going to be as vast. Like you're going to, you're probably going to get into a bit of nitty gritty, but mm. they're only going to really reveal the nitty gritty to you that they want to reveal. Mm. And I don't think it's until like, for example, when you move in with someone and you're like on top of each other all the time, that's mm. literally when you start to see parts of someone that you don't enjoy. And that's why a lot of couples, when they move in with each other, they potentially can break up because it's like, holy shit, like you're really untidy and, and you're not even like getting better. And we've been with each other and living together for like two years. Are you aiming that at me? No, but you're untidy. <laughs> can't believe this but yeah so that's a but i digress in that one but yeah so that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about today and we're also going to like touch on on some of the stuff that you guys also sent in yeah i've got a list i'm assuming you have some as well yeah good man um so i feel like the best way to do this so we don't throw any of our past things under the bus is to not do it in chronological order so i was thinking i was gonna <laughs> 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 so i was thinking like okay because I was chatting someone this week, it's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna do it in chronological order, and then she's like, she's like, don't do that. I was like, why? Yeah. Because they'll let you know who you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's okay. I have a feeling these people do not listen to this podcast. Um. So fuck it. Two of mine do. Do they? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, they'll know. They'll know who they are when I talk about it, though. So fuck it. Let's just. Uh, I'm still know. not doing it in chronological order. Okay, same. I won't. Because it's probably like. A couple, so one of them's quite harsh, so quite harsh, harsh, yeah. What do you mean? Like, she'll like message you and be like, No, it's just brick. like, it's just like that. This one actually taught me the things that I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Does she live in Bondi? No, <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, calm down. <laughs> Oh, okay. But I've dated a few people in Bondi, so it could be anyone. Yeah, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you want me, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll go first. Yeah, yeah, go. Okay. Have you got your, have you got your little list? So I'll talk about mine? Uh, you know, we don't even talk about all of them once. We'll just go like, go back and forth and just see how the conversation flows. Oh. Okay, one of the things I had from someone... Turn around because the camera's in Sorry. There. One of the things that I had sent in from someone is that in order to foster like open communication, you need to create a safe environment. Mm. I really, really like this yeah. because one of the things that I learned growing up is what my mate used to call, and I don't know if it's like in psychology books or whatever it is, <clears throat> we used to call it like the go first principle. Mm. So what you want to get out of a situation, you have to put into a situation. So if you want someone to be vulnerable and you want someone to be like communicative, you mm. have to show those traits instead yeah. of just asking for it and see if they can like mirror it. Yeah. And if they can't, then you can assess whether it's the right or wrong situation. Mm. So I think a lot of people, they want something they're not willing to put in. So I really like that. The go first principle is give what you want to take out from a situation. So if you want someone to open up, open up. 
Yeah. If you want someone to talk, you talk, talk. first and give something over about, about yourself. If you yourself. like you're a good better at that than me, I don't do that. Mm, yeah, I do that probably uh, too much. <laughs> I, I remember I remember when we went skiing and you like we were drunk in the bar and you like I feel like you don't want like open up to people and then you sort of open up to me as like me, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> why are you drunkenly open up to me at the bar? We were only like, known each other like a month and a half. I was like, well. mate, I feel like you don't open up. I'll when go I first. So when I was younger, I tasted <laughs> my own semen. Now you and you're like, <laughs> so anyway, it's been a good two weeks knowing you. Oh, but yeah, I, I find I find opening up and being vulnerable very difficult. Yeah. For sure. Uh, it's just because I just find it hard to just trust people's genuine, mm. genuine intentions. Mm. You know what I mean? I always like, expect the worst, but hope for the best. Mm. That's the way I, I, I look at things. Um, which That's is genuine human connection. Though. I think it's hard to have that without that. I think I find it empty. Without what do you it. find empty? Connection. The, the connection. Human connection, relationships, friendships. Without that, I'm like, it's just surface level. But are you? But I feel like you are more inclined to like share <clears throat> and quote unquote overshare than most. Yeah, definitely. I think I do overshare some funny shit. I overshare more funny shit than deep shit mm. with some people because I just think it's funny and it makes people feel comfortable. And I find it funny as well. There are some stories that I don't mind going into. And I find that people then feel more comfortable to open up about their funny stories and stuff like that. And I like mm. it because that's when you start building real connections with people. And yeah. that's the stuff I really enjoy. And so I would only do that with people who I think I want to get that out of. Oh, oh that's, that's very true. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I find that even when you share the stuff that are funny and people are like, that's actually disgusting, your vulnerability is like, to to an extent, quite endearing and it mm. actually makes people want to be around you because mm. if you're like that open and honest about, because people want to be around people that are honest mm. and they feel that are being honest. Like if if you know someone that's like always just chatting shit and just yeah. always like either lying or like over-exaggerating a story, just like, just stop talking, mate. Mm. Where if you're like around people that, will tell you random weird shit like you did at skiing about the semen thing. Where it's like, <laughs> why would you even come out with that? But I said that at a full table as at well. At a full table, expect that. But you did it as well. You did it as well. <laughs> no, so, one, no one tastes their semen, Daniel. When, when I was like, and I'm sure people have done this. When oh, I was, no, I feel like no. When I was like, oh, fucking, I don't know, like 27. <laughs> no, when I was like 16, I had a wank and I tasted oh. my own semen. Tasted my own cum. I was like, I was curious. I was like, well, what? do you know what I mean? If anyone you're says they have You're going through puberty, yeah, I'll let you go with that. Yeah, and I was but like, it's not, I'm it's just not fine curious. when you're 26. Nah, nah. I haven't, I honestly only did it once because I was like, I don't need to do it again. But I was like, oh, I'm just curious, you know, like girls will do it and girls will, you know, swallow and whatever it is. I'm like, why can't, I feel, I don't know. It's like, it's not, anyway, so I said it at the table. In just, front of people he'd only known probably two days. Yeah, and I was like, oh, guys, yeah, so did this. And I was like, but you all know that, right? And they're like, I and I was like, you know what? I'm just saying the stuff that everyone else is too scared to fucking admit most Or maybe of the just time. no one's ever tried. Nah. No, I don't think. No, nah, I don't believe it. I don't yeah. believe it. I believe yeah. so many stuff that I say, people just don't want to admit it. I'm just willing to just say the stuff that people want yeah, to say. Yeah, I feel like that one was not one that people... Give it a go, mate. Um, so you had one from someone else. What about you? What did you learn from okay. your first... <clears throat> You've only had really like two 
two relationships yeah two like long-term relationships so my first one was i guess like puppy love when i was like 17 okay so we were together for like five years from 17 to like 21 mm. and i think Good the math. biggest thing i learned is like being comfortable doesn't necessarily mean you're happy mm. and i think that oh sorry it's burped lovely i think that you know being comfortable doesn't necessarily mean you're happy. I think I was in this relationship for so long and I didn't realize it's like I was sheltered from so much around me. Mm. I didn't realize till I got out of that relationship. I was like, fuck, I was like blindsided, not brain. I don't not like brainwash isn't the right thing, but it's like I was, I had like the wall over my eyes a bit and I didn't know what else was out there. And when I did meet my next girlfriend, yeah. I was like, fuck, I like, what have I been doing with this last girl? I was like, I didn't realize that I could be stimulated in all these different ways. And was I even interested in this girl in the first place? Mm. So I think one of the biggest things that I learned from that is yeah, being comfortable and it being easy doesn't always mean that you're happy. Yeah. But I think that's just something you learn with time. So mm. now it's like when I do go on dates and I'm hanging out with people, there's a lot more things that like need to be ticked off. Yeah. And I'm not as easily pleased anymore. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, you know, cool. We get along. Oh, fucking hell. We belong together. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, you're going to get along with like so many exactly. people. Yeah. Where before I would have been. Before I would have been like, oh my God, there was, we just get along. This is just great. And it's just like, you know, probably that was to do with my own insecurities. Why I like fell in love so easily. Yeah. Where now it's like, that's not, that's a lot harder to do. Did you fall in love as easy with your second? Yeah. Yeah. Really big time. Yeah. Because, you know, I guess my first missus, she won't listen to this, but, you know, I felt that mentally we just weren't on the same page. I Mm. kind of always felt like the smartest person in the room. And you know what they say, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong you're room. In the wrong room. And mm. I met my next missus and, you know, incred- she was way smarter than you. Incredible. Oh, my, <laughs> she incredibly intelligent, yeah. like mind blowingly intelligent still to this day. One of the you know greatest minds I've known for a really long time. You need really- some more people. Yeah. Well, but anyway, I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this, yeah, uh, if, if, girlfriend, you, if, you are, if you are listening, if she does, she'll, she'll take the compliment. So anyway, and then I met her and I was like fucking blown away. But then there were loads of other things that weren't working. So mm. I'll get to like what I learned from that relationship yeah. in a bit. But yeah, I realized how different it was when I met someone else. And it's like, fuck it. I just hadn't exposed myself to like enough things. Yeah. So the fact that I was that blown away from that person and it's just like I wasn't exposed enough. And I think that's the issue sometimes getting in relationships when you're very young. You kind of close yourself off to so much in the world. Oh, 100%. It's like when I grew up and I, you know, even like cultures, growing up around different cultures, mm. I didn't know about other cultures really until I went to uni. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, fucking hell, there's so much more out here. Mm. And it's like, well, you can't blame it. It's because... Was she Jewish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. And her family were like very Jewish. Not very Jewish, but they were like, you know, kept Shabbat. And mm. she wasn't, she would like eat pork and stuff like that. Yeah. But her family were quite... Um, do you ever find, because the thing about ease and comfortability is like a massive one for me now, because I find there's been a lot of people that I've been involved with, dated, been in like these situationships with, mm. where it wasn't like easy. It's like I mean? always felt like there was like this like tug of war of like trying to figure out where each other's heads are. It's like, oh, does she like me? Does she not? And I'm just like, oh, I'm like so tired of it. You know, like whenever you you start dating someone and there's like, oh, there's a flirtation stage and you're like dating, but then sometimes you're like, oh, I wonder if they actually want to hang out today or is the are my feelings for her then reciprocated back from her? Like how I'm kind of like lost and it's like a little bit more difficult. It's like there's this turmoil of emotions, but no one's even like being open and like trying to explain to each other what 
what and how they're feeling. And I find, especially with um, someone that I dated, I found that that was a massive part of what I learned about what I need from someone. <clears throat> I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, like, she was like an unreal communicator, mm. <clears throat> which was like rare to find. Secure, secure attachment style, which is like rare to find. Um, and like whenever I spoke to her, like she, you know, the way you speak to someone and you can like tell they're just dying to just get their word in and just like they just want to like talk and mm. just, they're just like they're just listening to like just respond instead of listening yeah. to like like understand. Yeah. And with her, she like listened and you could tell whenever she was like I was speaking, she was actually like taking like proper interest in what I was saying. And even when we're sending voice notes and stuff, she was like very, very much like, like involved in the conversation. Like, oh, how'd this go? Like, what what's happening with this? Even if I mentioned something three weeks ago, it was like, oh, what like what what's the update on that? And I'm just like, what are you? Very attentive. Yeah, I was very like, attentive. what? Are you okay? Why aren't you ignoring me? Yeah, it's just like why 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 are you like being so attentive to me? This is like not what I'm used to. And it's like, it was a very like weird, but good feeling. And then it's like, this is actually what I want. Because normally the girls that I've been with, there's always like some sort of like. That weren't compatible with. Yeah, there's some sort of always like what's, there's always something that's going to make this more difficult than it Mm. needs to be. Whether it's their their attachment style, whether it's like a past like ex-boyfriend that's kind of fucked them over and now they can't Mm. do this and now they can't do that. Um, And as I said, the the easy the easy bit about it was like neither of us left each other doubting like how we felt mm. because whenever we had need to have the conversation, one of us just like brought it up and that was and that was that. And oh, then that's good. Yeah, that was amazing. But like, you don't get that very often though. That's the issue. I think that you meet people, and this is what I found is like you meet people who set like pillars for what you need Mm. and I don't think you figure those things out and that's why it's important to be on your own because I personally don't think you figure these things out until you meet multiple people Yeah, and it's not just about going around shagging and stuff like that but it's generally about going on dates and connecting with people and being like oh my god that's a really that's that's something that I, I actually am really into and that's a uh, what's the word? A value that I really respect. Yeah, and I need that. Not that I want to be with that person because there are other things that won't work. Yeah, but I'm like that is a pillar for what I need now. It's like forward. whenever you date people, you're meeting, you're meeting them and finding out small little, small little things from each person that you like, and you're yeah. like, okay, I need some of this ambitious. This person isn't a good communicator, but this person is a good communicator and ambitious. And then they have something else that you take from that. It's like, okay, this person has all three of those things that mm. they individually had. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like each time you date someone, you find something that you do like and then you probably find something that you don't like and yeah. it helps to like give you a clear understanding of what you need in a partner. And at the end of the day, whenever you're dating with intention to like... To date. To, to date or to get in, find a partner, find a relationship, find a, like a husband or a wife, like you should be picky. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. People's like, oh, you know... You should have high standards. You can't find the perfect girl. And it's like, I'm not looking for perfect. I'm looking for for values that I respect. They don't need to be perfect, man. I don't want perfect. I'm not perfect. No one's fucking perfect. But you can still have core values. You're like, I need that in someone. That's perfectly okay to go for. If you're saying, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person, and I can't fucking be picky. Are you joking? Yeah. and And I find a lot of people like settle because 
they feel as if their standards are probably too high. Mm. Some people probably like are too like pernickety, but that's like when you speak to those people, some of the things they're after are very, very specific, like very specific, Mm. you know, like they need to be a certain height or they need to be like a certain, like this, there's, there's a few like things that are very specific where like when you look at core values, that's something that I think is achievable. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. Um, we're going to go to something that someone, someone wrote in. Boom. Is this about the, um, the bigger the bunda, the harder you fall? <laughs> that is very true, though. That hit me hard. That is very, very true. Um, one was learning to respect my boundaries because when I didn't, my partner didn't. And they were, like, learning how to say no. Did they say what it was or no? It was just that? Nah, just like that. I think that's, like, really... I think that's definitely something that's really interesting to like pull away because mm. no so sorry you go i got i got stuck for my words um yeah so when i read that learn learning my boundaries because when i didn't neither did my partner i think and then she said about just learn how to say no i think it gets to a point where people can feel as if they're probably the lesser in the relationship mm. sometimes and then whenever they feel like they're the lesser in the relationship and if their partner is someone that can sense that as well they'll they can take advantage of that and then they just become a yes person it's like i've had i've had an ex who was a yes person and, and i didn't like it like mm. always agreed with everything i said i'm always, i was like, i always just thought to myself i have opinions there's no way in hell you can agree with everything I, i've mm. said I, every i was like yeah mm. yeah oh yeah yeah I'm so, really mm. no you know what i mean so i think Whenever said they actually said something about the no test, so whenever they would go on like a first or second date, they would always decide just to say no to something random, and then just like yeah, you told me about yeah, this, just to see like just to see how, how that person reacts. Mm. So it could be something as simple as like a shot or a drink, and they're just like oh, um, if the guy was like, do you want a drink? And they're like, they say no, and the guy's like oh, come on. They're like no, and if the guy says it again, it just puts them off. Mm. It's like if you're if you can't just accept the no to just a drink, like what 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 other situation are we gonna be in mm. where if I tell you no, you're gonna be adamant, mm. and in a situation where I probably won't be in a place where I can even get away, you know what I mean? If we're gonna push it to like that level of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, if we're gonna push it to that level, um. They say that they always try the no test. Um, it was actually a girl that I went on a date with and she did it on me. And I passed. Did you? Yeah. What but I, you? I don't know what the question was. She wouldn't tell me. Can I not go back to yours? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, did you do it me? She's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, when? She's like, well, not telling you when, but you said no. Oh, you were like, okay. I was She's like, like, yes. Can I come back to yours, Dwayne? No. <laughs> He's the man for me. Oh, you raised me right, mother. You raised me right. <laughs> Um, so I let think me... I've like swore minimally today as well. I know she was hoping to hear me. You said uh, C U N T. So Did I? Yeah. Oh, when but I don't talking... think I've been swearing. I hope I haven't been swearing as much. I hopefully, I hopefully I haven't. Hopefully I haven't. I'm trying to minimize it. We're, for, we're for getting this better, mother. We're I getting know better. She's keen to to listen. Um, what what else did you learn from your um <clears throat> most recent one? Or do you um, have one from the most previous one or the the first one? I think something I learned from my one of my previous relationships is... Are you doing any about your situationships? I'm just not going to say which which one it oh, is. Oh, yeah, that's fine. As long as you're doing ones about <sighs> now. Because I I okay. I'll be able to engage with those more because I've been here. 
Um, I think that something that I learned from one of the relationships slash situationships I've been in is I need to be someone being able to be vulnerable. Mm. <coughs> Sorry. Someone being able to be vulnerable and be an effective communicator is like really, really important to me. Okay. Because I think I've come across people before and I've done this in the past where I see something wrong with someone and I'm like, I really want to like fix this. Mm. I'm like, oh, I really want to fix this. I really want to work on that. Mm. And it's like an innate thing. And it is to do with like my childhood and stuff that I've been through and, love how projects. I, and how I was brought up. And I did that with some of my exes. Some of my exes, they had things about them and I was like, oh, I could fix, I could change this. And I loved it. Mm. And I did this to my friends and I would like want to work on them and fix them and, and you know, make them better and like, uh, you know, elevate, elevate them. them. And it's okay, but it's like you end up draining all your resources. So like that was a big part of me. And I think I used to confuse being able to work on a project to loving someone. Mm -hmm. And I think those for me used to like kind of overlap Yeah. when now they're not in the same boat anymore. Mm. Not, I don't think they're in the same boat anymore. So one of the things I learned from one of the relationships, like situationships was I can't work on projects. So I know that, you know, when it got down to it and I felt that this person had things about them that they really needed to work on, I was like, I can't go forward with this because of that. Because I, I just can't. It's going to drain me and it's not fair. When it's you figure that out? Um, I think like over the first like couple of months, there were like kind of signs and like red flags for me. And I was like, and I remember I'd, I'd spoken to you about it. And I yeah. was like, you know, um, and I was like, this for me is a bit of an issue. Mm. And it's kind of like deterring me. I, this person I thought was great. Honestly, was actually incredible. Humor, incredible. The experience was amazing, mm. but there were these few things I was like, that for me is like a pillar that I now need moving forward. And I've learned this from my last relationship. I need this. I need someone who's already worked on themselves, who's worked on this communicative mm. side, who's worked on being vulnerable, who's okay being open. I can't be your project manager. Yeah. Because if I do, I'm going to end up resenting you for it. And that's not fair. And I don't want you to be that person. Yeah, I don't, don't want to see you like that. So one thing I've learned is now moving forward, there are things that I can pick up because I'm quite open on dates and stuff like that and I'm quite comfortable being myself and mm. you kind of have like, you know, like the no test. Yeah. There are things that I can do and there are conversations that I can bring up. Yeah, that kind of gives you a gauge. If they're like yeah. vulnerable, talking about their emotions, their feelings, their their experiences, their past, their present yeah. and stuff. And if they kind of like hesitate and all this stuff. How early do you do that day, though? If I'm hanging out, well, not on the first date, but if I'm like hanging out with them. Yeah. I over like, like a, a period of time. Over a period of time, like I can start gauging those conversations. And their reactions is a big sign for me. of like, okay, this person, there are things that have happened to them in their past and experiences that are stopping them. Mm. They need to work on that. Yeah. And that's fine. They might be in the process, but I can't be asked to be involved in it. I kind of need to be with someone who's, who's already working, working on yeah. their shit or has worked on their shit. Yeah. Someone's working on it. Cool. Awesome. Love that. I'll fucking, you know, but if I have to be the driver of it, Nah, I can't. Yeah, do that. if you have to be the driver of it, then it's, it's never going to work. They're going to have to like want to. Yeah, you can't push someone through the door. You can nah. only show it to them. So that for me is like a big fucking thing now. That's good that you've uh, got to a stage where you realize that that's something that mm. you have and had been doing, and now mm. you're you're transitioning out of that. Because I feel a lot of people will always go back to what they know. It's hard. It's it's addictive mm. because 
the, the biggest addictive thing about it is that if you've got your own like childhood traumas or issues and stuff like that then you don't have to deal with your shit because well, yeah. you're, you're helping them with theirs you work on someone else yeah. and because you make them feel better you feel better about your shit and you're yeah. like oh yeah that's so good I'm working on them you're like that's not the same as dealing with your shit yeah do you think that's why that was probably a part of it you knew like there's stuff that you probably needed to deal with but you I think to be honest I, I, I think I think I have like worked on a lot of my shit through my own personal development self-reflection yeah. I think I have but I think there will there will always be a tendency in me mm. to want to work on other people. There will yeah. always be that tendency because it's just a part of who I am. But I'm like self, I have enough self-awareness mm. to shut it off. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. Even though I want to, yeah. I'm like, oh, nah, I'm not doing it. It's almost like, it's almost in another sense when people date someone that they know they're not going to, like be with for a long time you know like that they, they know there's certain aspects about that person that like they, they don't see in the future but they still date them because then it kind of uh deviates them that from the idea of like committing to someone mm. like yeah if i date her for a while then like the idea i don't need to worry about commitment because in my head it's not going to work so i'm gonna mm. i'm gonna get all the good things out of this that i can without actually having to like fully mm. fully commit it's like you you know there's like little things about her or him that aren't what you like but you do it because it's going to feel like that hole or that like that bit of pot or that puzzle in your life for that moment in time without actually having to have that overly committed part of you into it which i i used to do mm. i literally for some reason i used to always gravitate to or attract girls that weren't ready to fully commit mm. and then the idea of them not committing or wanting to commit to me fully like drove me to like want them more it's like an ego stroke yeah it's just like change for you that yeah you managed to change them it's almost like me changing their mind would have been like a win mm. you know what i mean just because it's probably a lot there to be yeah. honest there's probably a lot to unpack yeah i will mm. see my therapist <laughs> <laughs> but um is she listening to this a therapist yeah I doubt it it'd be interesting if she does be like she, so. doesn't, she doesn't have a podcast I haven't told her yet oh okay so she heard it it's on your next session so I should listen to the podcast <laughs> you're pretty fucked <laughs> she says I'm alright uh, <laughs> there's worse out there she says you're right whilst right <laughs> yeah, you're she just, fine she actually went through like a whole booklet it was weird it was like is this normal it's like yeah. don't ask questions she wrote a whole book what did you write I just wrote you're fine <laughs> but um, that is one thing so Another thing that I learned from a past relationship was I had always, like, a lot of times struggled to, like, give myself 100% to someone. Mm. And with this one, this was, this girl was, like, the first time I was ever able to, like, I met someone on, and was like, this is it. I just, I don't want to tell the timeline. Uh, doesn't matter okay. i just graduated uni oh um, okay. <clears throat> met this girl and i was like yo this is this is lit this is actually this is class i'd like met her and i was like geez like this amazing so i was i got i started dating her 100 percent in it and for years i was never capable of being 100 percent into someone and just being tunnel vision but with this person i was um able to be 100 percent and didn't work out, obviously, because mm -hmm. I'm now single. Obviously. But um, for me, it was it was a win-win mm -hmm. because for years before that, 
I thought I wasn't going to be capable of 100% giving myself to someone. So the way I looked at it is when it was over was that I was able to give myself 100% to someone. It didn't work out, but at least now I know that I'm capable. capable. I'm actually able to do it. Mm. So even though we didn't work out, I now know whenever I meet someone else, I know that I'm going to be able to actually give 100% to this relationship with no doubt because I didn't actually have any doubts with her um, initially, obviously, until leading up to the point that we broke up. And then also on the other hand, me giving 100% to her, if it did work out, it would have meant that we would have probably still been together. You know what I mean? So on both hands, giving 100% didn't work out, but I realized that I was capable of doing so. Do you think you tried to give 100% because you just wanted to see if it worked or you naturally were able to do it because you thought they were the right person? No, I thought she was the right person. Huh. Yeah. And we still have a, like, a good good relationship to this day. Um, huh. Don't talk as much. Um, but like in terms of like the relationship, it's fine. Like If I was to see her, we'd just chat away mm. as usual. But yeah, it was one of those... It was one of those ones that was probably just the wrong time in both our lives. And at the end of the day, the way both our lives are now, it's it probably worked out for the best. She's like living a good life wherever she is. Shout out to you wherever you are. Is this the one you're speaking about all the time when we're not recording? <laughs> I'm not speaking about it. <laughs> <laughs> she actually did she actually did say she's gonna listen to this episode though, because uh, she responded to this to the story oh, with nice. her own thing. Um but yeah, I thought I thought she was the one that really allowed me to kind of open up and realize actually I'm capable of actually loving someone and that's cool, man. giving Fuck. giving my all. So shout out to you, mate. You, that's cool. You're the real MVP out here. Oh, mate, should we tag her in the post where we put it up? <laughs> yes, I think, man, I think that's cool. I think to I just think that's to like be able to like open up like that to know you've got the capability to do that I think is mm. I think it's cool it was more the vulnerability like thing because mm. I'm not a very I'm not someone that allows himself to be very vulnerable mm. like it, it is very difficult for me to really open up and I'm I'm the type of person that a lot of people know but don't actually know mm. I give I give enough of myself that people think that they know me quite well, but it's just like you actually don't know me as well as you think you do. You know what I mean? I kind of think that I'm like quite similar in that mm. aspect. Not like the same, but I'm like I'm very open, but I'm not vulnerable with everyone. Yeah, like I'll exactly. tell these stories that are fucking open. Yeah, and you're, very you're, you're probably like me as well. You're you're like another level to yeah. me, but you you would open up and tell random funny stories that you probably shouldn't tell people yeah. that aren't your mates. So they're, they're like, like oh. oh my God, Dan, I know him so well. I was like, no, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. He's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know him well. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my God, he's actually opening up. Oh my God, this is way too much to handle. But yeah, you, but like, mm. yeah, people people get enough of you where they feel like they, are, like they know you so, so well, but mm. they don't really. I think that something, so this is a big thing I learned from my previous relationship. And I was with this person and I realized over time we just weren't compatible because we were just two very different people. She, Mm. I think was like a, and she'll say this herself. She's like an older woman trapped in a younger woman's body. Mm. And I think I'm a kid trapped in an older person's body. Mm. And I think we were just very different. And there was, you know, she is, she's, she's Australian. 
I'm English. I think we're very different uh, in terms of our humor. Uh, she grew up very close to the family. I didn't. There were mm. certain like differences in our values and what was important for her, what wasn't important for me. And I think that, you know, I'm quite, being, being English, we're very blunt with our humor. We're very direct. We're not yeah. snowflakes. And I found her to be quite, a bit of a snowflake sometimes mm. and be offended by like a lot of what my jokes, jokes you tell me though and anything I'd say to you but she would get really like annoyed and like I'm offended, offended by the jokes <laughs> you tell me <laughs> well <laughs> this changes the conversation <laughs> I'm actually very offended by <laughs> I'm offended by whoever you are I'm offended by jokes <laughs> so don't feel like you're in the wrong they're very offensive half the time I tell him he can't say things but he still says it so well, don't worry well I basically <laughs> like over time I had to like sweep parts of myself under the rug. Okay. And over like time, I became someone that I didn't even recognize anymore. Actually, and some of the followers sent me something along those lines mm. about what it was. Was it this, my ex? No. <laughs> this says, you can't change the person you're with and they can't expect you. And Sorry, you coughed and it put me off. Okay. You can't change the person you're with and they can't expect you to change for them. They are responsible for their own actions and thoughts. It's not your responsibility to yeah. fix everyone, which yeah. is kind of where you're going with. You're like, you felt like you were trying to like change parts of you. Be just someone to, else. Yeah. I think there were parts of me, like I'm very, I say what I think. And mm. some of the stuff I say is quite controversial and I just don't give a fuck and it makes some people uncomfortable. But I think it's funny. So I'll fucking say it. Mm. So I really, really don't care. I've realized I've just sworn multiple times in that sentence. I'm sorry, Dwayne's mom. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <laughs> I just re I heard it. I was like, oh, I said fuck like twice in a sentence. God, I'm such a pig. <laughs> anyway. There's no, her issue is like you swear so much in one sentence <laughs> when there's no need to say that many effort. I, I realize that. It's I just it. like, it's a six, six letter sentence and he says fuck <laughs> three times. <laughs> All he said was fucking after that. Um, anyway, so I realized, wait, what was I just saying? That was in oh, mid, mid flow of a sentence. Uh, anyway, so I would say things that are quite controversial and I would think they're funny, but she would always like be quite offended and tell me I can't say that and stuff mm. like that. And I would, you know, as a joke, I'd be like, oh, you know, like you're being a bit of a cunt, but like in, in, in like a bantery way. And she'd be like, don't call me that. Or like, don't be, and I'm like, that's not like, I'm not trying to say it at you. It's just, I'm saying about the situation. And I feel that it's a very, we were just very different. She would take what I said, like, she would be offended by like, I mean, if you, I call, if you called her that and she's like, don't call me that, I feel like that's just like. Well, no, but like, I, I would say standard. by accident in like passing sometimes. To her? Yeah, yeah, yeah just by I accident. you're calling her that or you just like, saying the word? A, a, yeah, just the word. And she would uh, constantly yeah. be offended by it. And I'm just like, so that is just a very small part of it. But there mm. were certain things I would do or certain things I would say. Part of my personality about who I am, certain bits of like my, my humor and my mm. banter. And that for me is a really big part of who I am. And I had to just start sweeping under the rug. And I kind of really started to resent myself. Yeah. Because I became someone who wasn't me anymore. And it's really hard when you have to constantly change who you are for someone else. It's very like downgrading. And you feel really awful about yourself because you become someone who you don't really recognize. And even my friends, when I broke up with her, they were like, mate, you have just completely gone back to being who you were. And it's oh, so that bad. They were like, it's so refreshing. Like we'd be out for drinks and I could see you'd want to say what you're going to say. And you would like stop yourself. And she would be like, oh, can you shut up and not say that? And I would be like, okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And I would apologize for who I am. And, you know, they, they were like, they felt bad for me. They were like, they could see it. And they were like, you are really not yourself anymore. Mm. And so one thing I learned from that relationship is I will not 
change who the fuck I am for, for anyone. anyone moving yeah. forward. And if someone doesn't like the sarcastic, prick, controversial shit that I have to say, well, then you probably will not get along with me and we probably aren't meant to be. Yeah. And that's like a really crucial big thing is that don't change yourself for anyone. Be who you are and the right people will come to you. 100%. So that was like probably, yeah, that was something, a big thing that I learned because I realized how, when I got out of it, how much I did like resent who I was for a while. I was like, well, I really did change everything about myself, mm. what I wanted, my values, my wants, my humor, my everything. And I was like, that is just not okay. You know? Mm. That is, um, yeah, I think that's like a massive issue. Obviously, this person sent that in as well. But you can't you can't expect people to change because at the end of the day, if you want some want to change because you don't like certain aspects of them, they might do it for a while. But there's only so long they're going to be able to like suppress mm. that that kind of person that, that they are. You know what I mean? Especially if you're planning spilling a life with them, you're like, mm. this is this is a part of you that I don't like, and they're like, okay, sweet, I'll just I'll just I'll just change that then. In five, ten years, twenty years, when you've got kids, those one percenters mm. add up. So anyone that heard that and is like, "Oh, you know, all it was she told you not to say the word can't," that that's just one example. That's just a one percenter. But those one percenters added up to a joke, I would say, or my type of humor, and I would constantly be put down. Yeah, and I'm just like, I can't. I'm suffocating. Yeah, I can't be me, and that's big. And I think so many people who I've spoken to have been through like a similar situation where they had to change who they are for someone else. Mm. I don't think that's fair for anyone. No. You should never be made to feel like you have to not be yourself. No. Um, someone talked about learning their love language was a very important part of... Yeah. Um, so they said, figuring out my love language made navigating through my relationships a lot easier, understanding myself and my partner. And I was like, that is a good one because I swear, if I knew what love languages were... Eight years ago, mm. and if I knew about attachment styles eight, eight years ago, life would have been so much easier in the relationships that I was in for sure. What to like manage it, or Just to, to like yeah. know that you need to leave it? Nah, to to manage to manage mm. and understand what what my partner needed. You know what I mean? Just even, mm. for example, with my last girlfriend, I didn't really know about love languages, and if I think back now, her one of hers would have been quality time, mm. and just like things like. She, I hated jogging. I still do, but I do it a bit now. But she always wanted to go for a jog. And I was like, I just didn't want to go for jogs. Mm. I didn't enjoy it. And looking back now, she's like, her obviously, one of her love languages is obviously quality time. I should have just gone for the bloody jog. If I just gone for the jog, mm. that would have made her day. Mm. Even like, wanted, she wanted to do like facials and stuff. And when I literally said yes, she was like loving you love life. love a facial now. I do now, yeah. yeah. But like back then, whenever I finally like said yes, yeah, she was on top of the world mm. she brought around all this plant that she had oh that's nice aloe vera like actual yeah. aloe vera plant like peeled it back she's like i brought aloe vera oh. i'm just like oh bless your little cute soul oh. and you know like looking back and now just something as simple as understanding how your partner receives love is a, such an integral part of ensuring that the the relationship stays strong because mm. the way I'm gonna receive love is gonna be different to how your partner receives it, and the way I give love is gonna be different to where your partner gives it as well. Mm. So the way you receive it, so for me, mine would be physical touch and acts of service. Do I receive it? And the way I give it is physical touch and quality time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. 
which back then I didn't really know, but now I do. I'm just like, that just makes complete sense because even when I'm not into a girl anymore and I've, I'm like, oh, I'm not really into it, I now look back thinking, actually, just like when I was kind of like getting over a girl and I wasn't really into it, I, I, even looking back, I can think the amount of times like I was like physically touching or like holding hands or whatever and hugging and spooning and, and whatever like reduced drastically and I was like oh my goodness that all makes sense now mm. and if I'd known that I probably would have been able to notice that assess the situation and probably got out of it a lot quicker than I did Yeah. so I think like this person saying about love language is Spot like on. top 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 Yeah. for sure for sure one of the ones that I got in was like being able to have a conversation with someone and if you are having an argument not having it flip back on you in what way? What do you mean? So, like, I think quite manipulative people. Ah, okay. When yeah. you have like a conversation, they're very quick to like make it out like it's all your fault. A bit of gaslighting. Yeah, and yeah. I think that just comes with being. I'd say that's quite like an avoid. Would you say that's like avoidant? What the flipping, the flipping yeah, back like thing? Flipping it back on the other person, like yeah. making them feel like yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. and I, I think that I used to do that mm. as well. You know, if I'm backed into a corner, I would be like just say whatever I can to fucking push the yeah. situation off because it's a lot of pressure I'm dealing with. Yeah. Definitely not something I would do now, mm. but you know, and I think that is like a really big thing to learn is that you need someone who can like just own up to being wrong. Yeah. 100%. If, they've, if they've hurt you and they've upset you, just, you know, someone who can be like, yeah, that was pretty fucked. I can see why that happened. And, you know, moving forward, you know, I'll try and work on that. Yeah. That's definitely, definitely important. Cause I feel like the gaslighting thing is so it's crazy, just so like toxic and narcissistic. Even when, even when I watch, I'm just gonna say like Love Island, mm. and there was there's a mad situation in the one, the Australian one, and also in the UK one, there was a bit of gaslighting. But this one was honestly Jess. <laughs> you, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I don't like Jess. You don't know. Jess, if you're listening to this, which yeah. you probably aren't, we don't fucking like you. Yeah, you're so annoying on that show. Uh, Shout out to man like Witty, um, <laughs> but even just even just watching that whole scenario unfold, I was I was like, hi. I was baffled. I was just the gaslighting was just so intense on national TV, and it made me feel really uncomfortable. Mm. Like to the point where this guy was like, "I you you're just shouting. You're not listening to to like you're just listening to respond to me. Mm. I'm telling you." And he's like, "I don't." He actually said, "I." There's no point in me even even saying anything because you're just not going to believe me. It's like, I am telling you, I he was like, I understand how you feel and that's how you think it came across, but I am telling you now that is not what I meant. And she she just pretty much attacked. He's like, are you saying that my feelings aren't like are, aren't accepted or whatever, whatever? And I'm like, this is actually horrible. It's very frustrating to listen to. How mm. old is this person though? I don't know. We'll message our mate and see. Mm. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, so like the, the the gaslighting thing is just a mad, a mad one. I've been gas, I've been gaslighted before, and mm. um, but luckily, I was. Luckily, I'm not an insecure person where the gaslighting just didn't work because I'm just like you're literally gaslighting me. It's mm. so like if this was anyone else who was insecure about themselves as a person, this that, is what they would do. This this would like fuck them up slightly. You oh, know what right, I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. 
but with me i was like you just you literally just gaslighted me pretending that there was an issue and then you started making out like i was doing something wrong when i wasn't you just had a problem mm. with something that, that you thought i'd done which i hadn't mm. but you just came in pretending to pretending that i was being annoying and doing this and doing that where i, I was literally just being normal mm. you know what i mean so i think it's just really important to be able to like even just be aware of when you're being gaslighted for sure that kind of behavior massively and if someone's ever, if you ever have any slight indication that someone's gaslighting you actually just if you, you just need to call them out on it mm. because then it'll it'll make them take a step back and mm. feel a little bit awkward because like i just said i feel like you're gaslighting because you're trying to make a situation out of nothing mm. i haven't done this or you make me feel like something i've done is this but it's actually not you know what i mean mm. i think it's really important to do that yeah i've been in um situations like that where someone's making you feel like yeah well they say there's nothing on but then there is and then they keep making comments about it and it's like you're just not talking about what's on the cards mm. yeah um i have a message we can finish this off a message from someone on our instagram oh oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, sent yeah. they yeah. sent in a really long message i'll read it okay this one's quite good i had one thing to finish off as well but i'll run by that in the end um all right so it says a scenario that came in yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah everyone please send in your scenarios we will uh obviously they're going to be anonymous but we would be very intrigued to read them out and see if we can yeah we can help you out hey after listening to how well you solved another issue on the (laughs) podcast yeah lads i have a pretty complicated one that i wish to be anonymous four years ago i had sex with an ex next time i saw her out and a few weeks later, uh, she was pregnant. I haven't spoke to her since. Then a few weeks ago, she contacted me out of the blue. But I shut her down right away as I am happily married now and have a house. Would you want to find out if the kid is yours? I forgot to put it was in a gangbang. My mates have said to leave it, but I thought another opinion won't hurt. So I said, thanks for sending that in. First of all, holy shit. <laughs> Second, when you say it was a gangbang, do you mean the time that you had sex with her was a gangbang? As in like whenever yeah, he yeah. thinks she got pregnant. She got pregnant. And he was like, yeah. Um, yeah. He was like, yeah. I'd say yeah. So four years, had sex with her in a gangbang. Next time I saw her, she was pregnant. Hadn't spoke to her since that. Then she just, just contacted me out of the blue. And I shut her down because oh, I'm married with a family in the this, house. This is such like an ethical conundrum, right? Mm. Because I think oh, this is this so complex because it's like, well, what do you want out of the situation? Mm. Ethically, is it your responsibility to be a dad to someone who, for a chick you had sex with years ago or however long ago, and then you have Well, he says, he says she's an ex. She's an ex. So is it your responsibility that if she is pregnant, mm, I guess... Do you want to hang out with this person? I don't know. I guess it comes down to like the ethical question of like where your responsibility lies, basically. Mm. Do I, in my opinion, if I got someone pregnant and I didn't know if it was me, yeah, I probably want to know if it was mine. I'd probably yeah. be like, yeah, they're an ex. They're in my life. They're, 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 she's clearly around like where he is. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Because the other alternative is saying, I don't really care if you're pregnant. I don't want a part of you, your kid, or any part of your life. Is that wrong for him to say that? That's the whole like ethical part. Is yeah. that wrong or right? I don't think there's like a clear-cut wrong or right. I think it comes down to where your values are. Really. Mm. 
I think somewhat the same as you. I think it it depends what the intentions of the ex is and then also what he hopes to get out of the situation if he decides to to speak to her, I mm-hmm. guess. It's like if you, if you find out the kid is yours, what's gonna what's gonna be your next move? Are you going to be in the kid's life? Mm. Are you going to support her? I don't know. If you're not going to be in the kid's life, are you going to support her financially? Because you don't want to be that guy that knows you have a kid in this world, even in the same city, the same mm. country, and then be that guy that doesn't have anything to to do with. And even, even as, for example, even if I was to meet a woman, we got married, been married for four years and I find out that she has a kid somewhere and and has nothing to do with it. That would literally turn me off so bad. That's a that's an interesting perspective actually. You I know guess what I mean? You think your partner, what what would you think about them? Because it's mm. almost like, okay, you've you've got this other child somewhere else and you're not having to do anything with it. What if what if we don't work out and we have kids and we split and then are you just gonna not have anything to do with our kids? You know what I mean? If that was that's the type of that's the way I would look at it. I'd like look at it from a holistic point of view and yeah. just flip it back. Say if I was in that situation, if we if we were in that situation, and so and so happened, are you just not gonna have anything to do with our hypothetical child? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think if if this person's reaching out with the intention that she wants to either let you know it could be your kid. See if you want to be a part of the kid's life. Yeah, I yeah. think. But yeah, if if I had a child out there, I would definitely want to know. And I would definitely do everything in my part to to be in that child's life. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have a, a if I had a partner and then I found out they they had a kid and no one one didn't tell me or they knew and just decided not to support them in any sort of way. I'd be very, very put off. Yeah, that's a fair point. So I guess in, yeah, no, I actually agree with you. So I guess in relation to your question, um, his question was, what would you do about it? Yeah, yeah would, probably, would, you, would you want to find out if the kid is yours? Yeah, I'd be very curious. Yeah. yeah I'd, probably, I'd probably want to know. I'd be very curious as well. Yeah. So um, that's the answer to that question. Yeah, go get your go get, go it, get your mouth swab in. Mm. Or give them a hair. How do you know it's a mouth swab? Uh, I'm assuming. And oh, I've, assuming, I've watched you? loads of uh, TV you're watching shows. Progr- the programs you've watched is, yeah. is how you know that. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. My swab, <laughs> hair, from a hairbrush. You sounded like you were speaking from like, experience. Yeah. I watch a lot of TV shows. Oh, okay. It's from yeah. TV shows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I would I would find out if if the child was potentially mine. Because, yeah, you, d- you don't want to be that guy. No. As- especially if she's a single mother as well. You, mm. you don't want that kid growing up without a a dad if, if you can help it mm. for sure for sure um, what did you want to end with Daniel you... I think I think it might be over time no we can go so I want to uh, see how you're going with uh, book of the week mate or book of the fortnight a lot of people have been asking me about Made in Captivity that's a current book you're reading at the moment oh uh, yeah yeah so what if you if someone was like okay I'm interested in you know reading more it sounds like an interesting book or whatever it is mm. What's something you've learned about Made in Captivity that you're like, this is really cool and people should read this book? I think the main thing for, from what I've gotten so far from the book is the the healthy relationship that we need to have with our erotic side and with sex. Um, 
I think a lot of people have are under the illusion that when you're dating someone for an extended period of time that the sex at some stage will just become dormant or repetitive or dead or just doesn't happen. And it can and it does. But I think one of the main one of the main talking points in this book and what S um my gal Esther um does is try to speak to her clients and help them navigate through why the sex is no longer happening as often or why has it become repetitive. And I think the idea behind it is that we need to actively see sex as a very integral part of our relationships and a part of life. As humans, we crave physical and emotional and spiritual connection with someone, with our partners, with our husbands, with our wives, whatever. Um, and the idea is that so much of our relationship from sex as well comes from our childhood and also comes from um, how our parents were when it comes to mm-hmm. like sex. Like if a lot of people, especially in this book, she does a lot of like case studies with her clients and, and she says there's certain of her clients who have this really unhealthy relationship with sex because in their home, their parents were very prude and they wouldn't talk about sex. So mm. growing up, they were taught that like sex was like this sinful thing, which then correlates into then their marriage life and their or adult life. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Um. So I think the the book definitely triggers me a lot. Mm. Um. Because it all it talks a little bit about how a lot of people find it hard to completely lose themselves in sex. Because if you think about it, the things that you would do in a bedroom, like you wouldn't dream of doing out in public. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Man. You know what I mean? Like some of the Speak stuff for that yourself. You no, know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, so she touches on the fact that whenever you're with your partner and you're having sex, that should be the moment where pretty much everything is is a go. Like you can completely express yourself in any mm. shape or form and she finds that because people have this very unhealthy relationship or can't have it with sex like they're very much in their heads mm. um, and they're not able to completely completely experience that time with their partner but that's what I've gotten so far there's way more to I've done a, a lot of underlining and yeah. flipping over so I can like go back yeah. but once I finish the book I'll bring it in for an episode and we can yeah Touching a few bits, but yeah. And you started reading Attached? I did, I did. I'm like 10 pages in. Fuck's sake. So I'm, I'm only quite early on, but okay. it's actually really interesting. It's, so you haven't got to the page where you do the test? Nah, okay. but I actually now having a think about it. So I spoke to my ex a while back and because it was something to do with a, a few different things. Anyway, and, and I brought up the attachment styles and I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I'm secure. Yeah, I told, she, you, I told you you're not. Yeah, but like hearing it from you and hearing it from her is different because she's known me for like five and I dated her. Do you know mm. what I mean? And she's like, you're definitely fucking not. Yeah, you're not. And I was like, what do you think I am? She's like, I think you're very avoidant. And mm. I was like, well, oh really? Can I have some examples? And she's like, yeah. Just, and she, she lists, just gets the list out. She's like, and I just heard paper rustling. <laughs> so she's had it in her back pocket for years. Well, now you're fucking asking Does me. Does she know about attachment styles when you were with her? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think so. And yeah, she just started, you know, reeling off like a few different scenarios. And I was like, fuck wow mm. okay fair enough i think where i've probably fall i i personally think is somewhere between like secure and like avoidant mm. that, that's what i think yeah because i think there are elements of me that is quite secure but i definitely now looking back i'm like there are very avoidant like behavior i don't think i'm anxious yeah um but i think because i've seen the graph i think somewhere like 
avoidant and like secure. Mm. I, I think that's where I would be, but I'll know when I do the test because I did it before, but I'll do it again and now see what the results will be and try and you know really think yeah. when I'm like the, fur- the further them. you read into the book, it, it'll it'll kind of delve into the fact that a lot of people are fine until they get triggered. Mm. So anxious person, an avoidant person will be will seem secure until the person that they're dating does something that triggers their anxious or avoidant tendencies. Yeah. So like obviously you live in life now and you're casually dating and you you're just hanging out with your friends. That will leave you to think you're secure because you haven't given it's yourself easy. yeah you haven't given yourself emotionally yeah. to someone or allowed someone in enough where they're gonna trigger your avoidant tendencies or your anxious tendencies. So like even people that I know I've asked them they're like oh what do you think I am they're like oh I'd say like you're secure with like like a bit of anxious and I'm like secure like I don't I wouldn't say I'm secure so mm. when I've asked people they're like yeah I'd say you're secure. But it's because they don't see you in that light, though, yeah, do you know what exactly. I mean? Like, it's really hard. But these are people I've dated, though. Oh, really? Yeah. But th- then again, it goes back to the point. People will see you as that because you haven't let them in enough or you haven't been a- they haven't put you in a situation where mm. your anxious or avoiding tendencies are going to, like, show. I think that um, I know people have been in the situation where they're an avoidant, their partner's anxious, and it doesn't work because... They become avoidant. Their partner becomes anxious, wants mm. more attention. They become more avoidant. Exactly. They get more anxious, and it's just this whole oh, yeah. so, like So the book tornado. actually talks about anxious and avoidant people can't be together. Yeah, or they shouldn't be together. It'll make it very probably. difficult. Yeah. It'll make it very very difficult because what the anxious person wants puts off the avoidant, and yeah. the more the avoidant person reacts to the anxious, they the more, more anxious. anxious. Yeah, it's just a it's just a cycle. Sounds and the further you'll get in, it actually talks about dating apps as well, and you'll. It talks about how you'll find in dating apps the majority of people on dating apps are anxious and avoidant. Really? Yeah. Like because, a mixture of both. Yeah. So you'll ha- you'll meet more anxious and avoidant people on dating apps than you will secure, because what the psychologist finds is that secure people are usually in relationships for like a longer period of time, or whenever they're not, they don't stay single for very long, because the problem with anxious and avoidant people, they always seem to find issues with someone. Or anxious people overthink and then ruin it. Whereas a secure person is like so comfortable about themselves and so comfortable with the person they're with. Like secure, like a secure person could be with an avoidant person or an anxious person because when the anxious person is being anxious, that secure person has the ability to like nullify the anxious tendency because they know what they need. You know what I mean? Mm. So the secure person is not going to act avoidant. So that's not going to trigger the anxious person. A secure person is securing themselves so they won't need to be like always wanting to be around the avoidant or always like find out where they are texting mm. them like oh my god where you been because they're chilled yeah. so the avoidant person never gets triggered by never never gets triggered and the avoidant tendencies never actually comes to fruition can you have like secure people and like avoidant people in a relationship yeah that lasts yeah, yeah yeah can you have like secure and anxious people yeah the, I- the ideal situation is that if you're anxious, th- yeah. Oh. But if you're anxious, the ideal situation is to find someone that's secure. Is that not the same for everyone? The ideal situation is to oh, find someone that's secure. Yeah, that's what oh, you right. want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, it's possible to move. You can you can switch. Yeah. They say it's very hard. You have to do a lot of work on it. But it's possible to move yourself from anxious into yeah secure. A secure or you can move from anxious into avoidant or i think that comes to like just a lot of self-work you mm. just need to do oh, a lot 100%. of self-work yeah. self-reflection upskilling you know fucking yeah all, all that kind but of it's, a, it's a bloody good book but anyway thank Woo! you much everyone that was good mate well that was Lovely a nice episode. bit of therapy oh my goodness wow i'm so tired 
Well, uh, guys, thank you very much for listening. Episode 22. If you've made like. it this far, thank you if very you much. If you have, please like, share, subscribe. Get us on TikTok, YouTube, mm. SoundCloud, Spotify. Share it as well, please. Anyone sharing it on their Instagram, we do love it. It is really nice. Any kind of messages, any stories you want us to tell, any thoughts, feedback, topics, it's like really greatly appreciated. Lovely. And, you know, endorsements, anyone that's listening. Please send us some money. Just flow in. Yeah, we, Give us some money. We want the money. It's Gymshark, ready whenever you are. Dan Murphy's right, here for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right, bye everyone. Peace. Peace and love. Peace.